it used to be in healthcare travel that a lot of people had side hustles. It actually was what seemed to bridge the gap between paycheck to paycheck sometimes, maybe even having those awkward times when you were found yourself without a job. This was kind of a norm back a few years ago. Things have changed a little bit now, but we're going to talk about side hustles this week because I still think at some point it still has meaning. There's still some value to this, and it's just some things that a lot of travelers still do even to make more money than you guys are already making right now. We're going to talk about side hustles on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway, episode 44, Side Hustles. You know, <laughs> when we put this one down, and, you know, again, this was about a year ago. This one went up. Went up. I very distinctly remember saying, I don't know if we should do an episode on side hustles, you know, until maybe toward, you know, a couple of years from now. And I'm not trying to be an I told you so, but... I was right about one thing. <laughs> Maybe it's the only thing I've been right about for a while. I did put on record a long time ago that I felt that pay rates were going to stay high for a really long time. And I still believe that. I don't think they're ever going to go back to what they were in 2019. I mean, never say never. You never really know what what you know what our economy is going to do, what supply and demand is going to do. But w- there's a lot of things that have happened since I made that prediction well over a year ago, almost, almost two years ago, where I said this is going to be the new norm, where it's going to be that, yeah, things are going to, they're not going to sustain where they are right now. But they aren't going to drop to a point, I actually think I said somewhere around 15 to 20% higher than what they were will be, my opinion, as low as it may go, for at least the, the decent near future, which is really great news for all of you that are healthcare traveling professionals or thinking about becoming one. It's lucrative. There's a lot of money to be made out there right now. And I just don't see... Uh, that that's going to end. And a couple of things I'll talk and I'll point out to I said back in the episode we did with those guests where I talked about the vaccine mandates, I said, regardless of where on the fence you lay as far as mandating vaccines, I said it's causing a what was already a shortage in healthcare providing, you know, in healthcare staffing, I should say, with most specialties, allied nursing. I said it's going to make it worse, no matter what. This is not going to be a good thing for the general public, people like myself. It may not necessarily be a good thing for travelers. I said, be, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's going to keep the rates up, but you might be earning, as I've said before many times on Travel Evolved, every single penny of this thing. And I think that's what you guys are experiencing right now. Many people are really getting fried out there. Go back and listen to our episode about traveler burnout. I mean, it, it's real. 
money is great, but man, you get to a point where you're getting fried. And I can attest to that right now. It is, um, I've never been busier in my life. I've never worked harder than I am right now my entire life. And I'm kind of, I think, towards the twilight of my career. I mean, I'm, I certainly have, don't have as much to go as I, as I, God, I hope not, as, as where I've come. But I've never worked harder. I've never worked longer hours, more work, but I've never had more fun than I've had, especially in the last six months. Uh, really and truly, this has been, it's just a crazy time in the industry. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about side hustles because it, it does feel a little inappropriate because, you know, you're, you're making so much money. A lot of people go, I don't need a side hustle. I, I just need to focus on my work, which is true. We'll talk about that toward the end of this episode. But side hustles always, it's always out there. There's always opportunity for many people who choose to, to make some additional income if you actually have the time. It feels to me like there, and it seems to me, and I can see it every day, that there are less and less of these, you know, 48-hour type, uh, you know, opportunities. I'm really not seeing very many of those at all. Certainly not the 60 hours we were seeing a year ago. A lot of that's just gone completely by the wayside. So, you know, gone, I think, are the days where you're just, you know, trying to get by to your next, you know, eight or nine shifts in a row to get a couple days break uh, for many of you. So, you know, there is a little bit of time to do some side hustling. And it's just kind of unique because, like I said, I think that, with the way the industry is right now, we're going we're to talk a little bit about the industry toward the end of this episode. But the way the industry is right now, well, let me put it this way. I think there's always ways. To, you can always make more money if you want to. You can always do things on a side. If you're that kind of person that you just, you know, three shifts, if you're a 12-hour type person, three shifts a week is not enough. There is opportunity out there. So first of all, this was never really a unique, this is not a unique thing. This is not. This is not something that's new. This has been happening in at least travel nursing, which most of you know is where I've got my, you know, my teeth sharpened on for 22 years. Has been mostly in the nursing side of things. This has not been a unique thing. I mean, I've got people that you know took two assignments. I back in the day, that was not really considered a, a, a no-no. There were people who would take, you know, go to bigger cities and, and try to coordinate two separate assignments and work six days a week. Or, or maybe, you know, try every once in a while they'd cut loose of the other ones, so maybe five or six days a week. But that was pretty common back when I first got in this industry. It was like, what? I remember that very, it was almost as difficult to find that as it was to find the, the people that traveled together that wanted the assignment at the same location or, or whatever. That was, it was another puzzle you had to put together. And it was relatively common. And there's a lot of people out there going, really? And the answer is, yeah, it really was. There was a ton of folks that liked to piggyback assignments. And um, so, I mean, that's just one of those, I mean, I, I guess I would call that a side hustle. It's not really a side hustle. It's just a, it's just hustle, right? There's just two different jobs that you're doing all at the same time. I just call that crazy and, and hustling. But um, a lot of travelers have, I guess my point being that I'm trying to make here, is a lot of travelers have forever. And I think we'll continue to figure out a way to, you know, put a little more extra money in their pocket. I mean, for many of you that do, in fact, only work three days a week, and I say only, that's, it sounds, that, I didn't mean to sound like that. Three 12-hour shifts is a lot of work. It's, it's darn close to what a normal, you know, I say normal, a normal person, you guys are definitely really abnormal, right? A normal person works in 40 hours, but I don't know a lot of people that can work 12 hours in a row at whatever job they do. You get fried mentally, you get fried, you guys do it all the time. Um, <laughs> I've worked... I've worked 20-hour days uh, recently, a lot of 16-hour days. I get it. I mean, this is, but it's been fun. It's kind of different when you're having a great time and you're having fun than when it's just a, a drag and a, a, uh, 
I mean, just, uh, I got to go to the next one. And besides, what I do is way less serious uh, if I make a mistake than what you guys do. So the mental fatigue and the physical fatigue, is there's no physical fatigue with what I do except for I run around a lot because you guys can probably tell I've got a decent amount of energy, so I can't really sit still at a desk. I've got to be moving and, and walking around. When I have to sit for a long period of time, it drives me nuts. And I'm sure you guys are, a lot of you guys are the same way, so. What I'm getting at is that side hustles has been around for a long time, and I think it's going to continue to be there. There's always ways for you to make money, and I think a lot of people that choose to do side hustles or have kind of kicked tires and thought about it, um, they can take they, they take full advantage of it. I'm going to talk about some examples today of side hustles. I mean, there are certainly, the sky's the limit. I can't talk about everything. There are travelers that make jewelry. There are travelers that sell things, you know, used to sell things on eBay. There are people that used to do closeouts. There's a lot of folks that, that look at, you know, real estate. And I remember talking to a guy many years ago that was that was house flipping. I'm like, really? He's like, well, you know, yeah, that's what sometimes I have to take longer between assignments because my the house isn't done. I'm trying to hurry up because I got two mortgage payments now. I mean, really high, crazy, scary stuff like that. There's the, the sky is absolutely the the limit on what you could do in your quote unquote spare time as a traveler. If you have the time, there's ways to make to make money. Like I said, I've had people that made their own jewelry would go and collect different. You know, whether it was you know melting gold, literally down to that sort of a, of a detail, to getting stones and putting it all in place. I mean, a lot of you are incredibly creative, and I've seen it. You know, where you guys are posting some of the things that you do on online, whether it is jewelry or some other craft that is, you know, painting. That I, mean, I don't call that a craft, but you know, an art, something artistic where you are, you know, selling and, and making money because you've got that kind of time. So. I don't want to shortchange this episode by pointing out the handful of, of things that I've seen more commonly. What I want to tell you guys is that literally the sky's the limit. If there's something that you enjoy doing and you are good at it and you can make money doing it, I, I mean, I think that's the limit. It just depends upon what kind of spare time you have and the, your ability to, I guess, potentially turn that second job or that side hustle is something that is actually therapeutic and then something you actually like and actually takes away and makes you stronger as a healthcare traveler than it would be if you didn't have it. Just something to kind of think about. So a couple things. Before I jump into it, really, with just my examples I came up with, I want to come up with a few examples because I think it's kind of merits talking about. I do want to thank everybody for um, for still subscribing to our channels. We've had a lot of continuing steady you know, growth. I have not been able to keep up with that cadence because, like I said, I've been incredibly busy and I'm going to really, I always say this, I'm going to do my best I can, but you know, these episodes are going to be when I can do it. Unfortunately, I, I do have a job and I do have a bunch of you that I know are already working with us that I have to take, not have to take care of, but I have to make sure you guys are, <laughs> things are going well for you. So I can't be focusing on Travel Evolve when I've got other things going on, but it's, it's um, you know, it's becoming challenging for me. I keep saying what I'm going to do is I'm going to knock out three or four episodes in a row. I just don't seem to have that kind of time. And uh, I've got a great team that's doing a lot of the editing. It's really funny. I can always tell who does the editing based upon uh, just some camera angles and the shortness of the clip. It's just kind of fun for me to think about that. So now I got you guys all paying attention to how often they're clipping back and forth between the cameras. But it's I can tell who does the editing each time. So let's talk about social media because this is a, I'm going to call it a side hustle. But I want to qualify this. I have a lot of friends and people that I know in the industry that are involved in social media, and they are not gaining any financial uh, gains, if I will, if you will, from doing their social media. Very few actually are. 
There have been people, as you guys know, that have created web pages and Facebook groups back when they were first starting out that have made a lot of money uh, which what I was, with what I would call social media. Nowadays, and I've got to be got a guest coming up here soon, a few episodes that I, I know um, we're going to get on. Social media is, is really more to help people. There's a, there are a few ways to still make it. You have to have a ton of subscribers, and you have to you know have lots of commercials, and you have to be willing to become you know almost a it has to become a, almost a full time job in my opinion to really make money at social media. For those of you guys who don't know, I mean you can you can become you can make a couple of bucks here and there on social media. Now you guys notice that we don't ever we don't advertise. Travel Evolved does not make a penny. You guys should see that. There's no sponsorship. There is nothing you have to pay to be able to listen or to watch us. And I mean, I like that. And I think most people that I talk to are in that same realm. So just because someone's on social media, please, please do not assume, and I think the opposite is actually true, that they are making that they're making any money. Most people that I know, and I, not all of them, I don't know if I actually know anybody who's in healthcare that makes money on social media. I'm just trying to think, and I don't believe I do. Everybody that I know does it because they want to help, they have some knowledge, and they want to they want to give that knowledge to you guys so you have hopefully what is a better experience, maybe you stick with travel longer. And and I think they enjoy it because it's fun because they, they have that. Some And some of them do have a lot of fun with this. But social media is, by the way, an avenue, not necessarily if you're giving advice or doing it like what we're doing here on Travel Evolved, but you can make money on social media. You, I mean, listen, I, I've got a, a son in high school, and he will constantly be happy to pull up a chair and tell everybody how many millions and millions of dollars some of these, you know, these these YouTubers are out there making. I mean, it's real. It's it is possible. Um, I don't really understand how they make all this money, but they really do. I mean, you get it. They obviously it has a lot to do with things going viral and has a lot to do with you know having people on their page and having things, you know, some sponsorships and, and having it direct from different uh, different you know people can attach themselves to those those YouTube videos so that it, it does generate a, a really good chunk of revenue. But again, we're talking about a tiny, tiny percentage. You have a better chance of probably be making it in Hollywood uh, than you do to become an incredibly wealthy YouTuber. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to sound terrible, but I feel like you actually have to have more talent to be a YouTuber. I mean, anybody can act, but you actually have to be creative, funny, engaging. I mean, all the things that um, that people want to watch and see to be a really huge YouTube-type person. And um, certainly this show is not one like that. We are we are have, a, have a, you know, an incredibly tiny audience compared to what people do and again no revenue stream is being made by that that's the way most people are but i want to throw out there that social media if you are knowledgeable about nutrition about you know whatever your thing is and you have enough information you can actually go out and earn a decent you know, not not probably a living yet but maybe i shouldn't i shouldn't downplay that because one of you will, will put me wrong go out and make millions of dollars by having some sort of great you know youtube channel or, or something that's going to work and i hope you do but it is, uh, you can make some money doing some YouTube. Here's the one I want to really jump into. I want to talk about recruiting for a little while because I do know there are a lot of you that kind of side hustle in, in the recruiting realm. Uh, I don't have an opinion on this one. I really don't. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because I think it, it, can, it can taint you a little bit because all of a sudden you're going to be really pushing 
the company or companies that you're representing. And I, by the way, I've had travelers tell me they represent multiple companies. This is a real thing. You guys can go out, and for some companies, they they will let you freelance, so to speak, or you know potentially full commission recruit, which means that you know while you're talking to your travelers and, and while you're out there or you're on your downtime, you could actually be saying, hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a nurse, I'm an allied professional, and I, I, I think you should come to work for this company. You can actually become a recruiter for some companies. And it is, in my opinion, one of the biggest, most popular side hustles that there are out there because I've always said, I think travelers do make the best recruiters because you guys do understand what it's like out there. And you know the things that you should and shouldn't say to a traveler because you've heard them from your side of the phone or your side of the text message. And so you're, you can be really good at it. It's uh, not, every, not every agency will, will let you do that, by the way. So you got to really pick and choose and find an agency that will. But, um, I mean, I just will say I think it's, it, is a, it is an opportunity for a lot of you to turn your knowledge and I think your experience and your um, your influence on other people potentially to be able to convince them to go to work for the company that you're representing and take assignments through them. I mean, it's just a real thing. And if you've got a good company that's behind you, it's I think it's a decent way for you to pull in some extra bucks for those you know few companies that do it. And again, I've had people that told me they work for multiple companies. Be careful with that because I don't think most companies like it if you're representing more than one company. But it's there. What if what if you know one company doesn't have a position, the other company does? You could kind of double dip, so to speak, your side hustle. I don't know. It is. Um, I think you have to be a little bit careful. The one thing I'll warn anybody that wants to stay as a healthcare professional that travels and also become a recruiter. I do think two things I'll say. First of all, it does help you to understand this side of the industry. When you're actually experiencing what it's like from an agency standpoint, it probably does help you to hear those things from your own agency that sometimes aren't aren't always good news or are are tough conversations to have. You kind of get it more because you see the number side. I think going along with that, it does bring a, a potentially negative thing because you also will see very quickly how you can't always be what I want to say. I want to be so careful with this. You cannot always be forthright with your fellow traveler because that's unfortunately the job of a recruiter is sometimes hiding the bad, highlighting the good, and kind of, you know, I mean, it's a sales job, guys. It is. So when you're talking to your friends, your constituents, your counterparts, you will quickly see there are times when you find yourself, if you're 100% honest as a recruiter, you're going to not necessarily get all the business. So you, you begin to walk that fine line. So just kind of be aware that that's real. I think the more ethical the company is that you're working for, the more ethical you are, the less that line becomes blurred. But do know that there is a point where you're going to find yourself convincing one of your friends to take an assignment with your company, and you may not think it might really be there in their best interest. That's just recruiting, guys. That's recruiting 101. So that's what recruiters do every single day. They're, they're talking you into the job they have because they want you to go to work for them. You're going to find yourself in that, <laughs> that very same slippery slope and that very same boat. Just know it's there. So, all right. Another big one you guys see a lot out there is the, the CPR type ACLS, BLS, instructor, proctoring person. This was a tough one because... It's become, I think, an irritant to you guys. It almost feels like you instantly are like, oh, 
this person who I thought was my friend is all over there trying to sell, you know, their CPR certification course that they want to put people through. I don't, I, it's hard. It's a tough one. It's almost like you become a multi-level marketing person. That's like, hey, I want you to come over to my our house. We're having some cocktails, and by the way, we're just going to show this little great idea we have. It's almost you're like, ah, kind of feels like that. I think on a lot of these pages. I know I run a couple pages and I constantly get people flagging this saying, hey, we don't want this person on the page. Can you get rid of them or mute them or kick them out? And it's always that person that is doing this and the next thing I'm going to talk about or down the road, which is also the insurance thing. But CPR, you know, BLS, PALS, all these different, you know, the the certifications and these instructions and these instructors, and I can help you get the NCLEX. I mean, all the, everything. It's a side hustle. It's a tough one because you really do have to work it because there's a ton of you out there that do this. So there's a lot of competition for it. It seems to be a relatively, I don't, I, I don't really understand how, how, the, how their day or their week would work, but I think they probably get people into you know, a, a course that they do to maybe together on Zoom or who knows what they're doing, but they are finding the time to get this done, and I think that it must give them enough income that it makes sense for them to do it because I just see I just see so many complaints out there of uh, this person's all over and I see by the way I see a lot of non-travelers doing this too people that are jumping into our world who are trying to side hustle their hustle and, and get this going so I do see that too but it is you know these different course instructions or proctoring or you know help it, it's a lot and and it is a it is a side hustle it's one that used to be kind of unique and now it feels like everybody wants to do it because yeah, it, I guess it must be lucrative, right? It must work if, if that many people want to do it. The insurance thing is kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where I mean, I could, the sky's the limit of what you could talk about, but there does seem to be a handful of healthcare professionals that are getting the insurance realm. And more importantly, what I see is the same kind of thing I said earlier, where the, the insurance people get into a Facebook group and, oh, they just take it over every day. There's an insurance thing. And those people last about two minutes in those groups to get kicked out. But there are some travelers who have gone out and gotten some licenses to be able to actually sell certain kinds of insurance and I see that I mean this is no different than what I said you could you could you know have make jewelry you could perform you know in a band on a star a street musician you could there's a thousand ways to make side hustle but um, insurance seems to be an avenue that feels like some people are saying I don't know if it was because when you know maybe they had a specialty during the pandemic that wasn't as popular, like maybe in the in the OR, so they decided to go out and get a get a, a certification and a series uh, whatever that I don't know what the license is for insurance, but they're still doing it because I see them every so often and I can see that they're in some cases are an RN or a, a physical therapist and they're also selling insurance. Like where did that come from? But it's a side hustle to say the least. I mean, it's no different than, in my opinion, it's just a more lucrative way than than it is to you know going out and waiting tables, which used to be by the way waiting tables, bartending used to be one of the biggest side hustles that nobody ever talked about. And I had a lot of travelers, gosh, maybe a decade ago, used to tell me, I do it all the time. I'll, I have a couple of places I'll go and I'll, I'll jump behind the bar for a night or two. I'm already on my feet. I'm used to that. I, it gets me away from the whatever. I'm like, wow, that's kind of a cool idea. They would go into a, a restaurant or an area where they're doing a travel summit and say, hey, listen, I'm here for you know, for three months. If you need somebody you know, help, if you need some bridging the gap or maybe some seasonal stuff, they used to do it. So bartending and waiting tables was a pretty big side hustle that nobody ever seemed to really, really talk about. You know, it's almost kind of like being, the next thing I wrote down was like, you know, the, the fix it or the, the handy man, handy woman thing. We see that a lot where 
I see it a lot with spouses of travelers that they'll go and take odd jobs here and there, especially if they're potentially retired or semi-retired. But I have seen quite a few side hustles in my time where somebody who is handy, uh, whether it's you know working on cars or motorcycles, and they're a mechanic, or they've got you know they can just build a deck, or they can help you with your electrician, uh, your electric work, which I will do. But plumbing, eh, leave that for the experts. Gas lines, leave that for the experts. Those are some really, really good uh, side hustles that a lot of people still do, where they're able to, especially nowadays with the with apps and with the internet, where you can jump onto all these different home sites that have people local that will help you, and you can get ratings on them. I mean, I, I think it makes sense, especially if it travels with you. So those are great. Along with kind of insurance, I wrote down bookkeeping. I've seen that before recently, where I've seen a number of travelers that kind of took a step back from healthcare and actually got into some accounting. So they actually you know, didn't go out and get CPA degrees, but they actually were looking and doing some bookkeeping, helping some people with some financial stuff. It's a great kind of way if you've got the time, if you can jump into somebody's books, a small company or small business books in your off hours on your days off, and it's not like an everyday, all day kind of thing. If you've got that kind of book accounting sense, you can open up a small bookkeeping business and you can do that from anywhere on the road. And that's a lot of travelers. I'm not coming up with this stuff. Travelers have. I'm just telling you what they've also done. One that I really like a lot, I put it down here, um, it's not a side hustle. It's, it's volunteering. I've seen this a lot lately, especially, and I can't applaud you guys enough. I've seen people that have the time, when you have the time, making some really good money right now, decide that they're going to go ahead and, and reinvest in the community, whether it's and volunteer. And the, the places you can volunteer, obviously, are almost you know infinite. It really depends on where your heart is and what you are willing to do and what you have time for. But volunteering, I think... It's not a side hustle, so let me stop by saying it is a side hustle because it really isn't. But it's an amazingly great way for you to meet people, to get involved in the community that you're in, not just go back and sit in your Airbnb or your hotel or your apartment. Actually get out there and, and do something that I think is good. And a lot more of you are doing that, which I, I, I just applaud. I mean, you guys are already serving the public in one way, shape, or form. And then to go out and actually volunteer and, and you know, whether it's big brothers, big sisters, or just I mean, anything. I think it's I think it's remarkable. And I applaud those of you that are doing it. Um, even if you only do it one day a week, one day a month, anything I think you can do is I mean it's I've volunteered before. It's it's really rewarding. And I think it gets you kind of involved, right? If you if you're just going back to your place and you're one of these folks that just decides, I don't really want to go out to happy hour, I don't want to go and socialize, I'm trying to be healthy, maybe I don't want to go out and have dinner, but I, I, I do want to meet some folks. Here's a great way, a great way to do it. Non absolutely non <laughs> non side hustle related. So at any rate, here's what I want to say, and I really wanted to kind of trick you guys a little bit in this episode. I think side hustles right now. If I'm a traveler, my side hustle, and I did, I went through this whole exercise just to prove one point, and that point is I'm going to invest my side hustle in myself. I'm going to go out and become a better and better traveler. I think personally the opportunity cost of missing the boat by going out and I don't care if you're, if you're performing in a band or you are you know, waiting tables, you could be investing in your own career by learning and educating yourself from things like Travel Evolved and from your peers. And I think right now more than ever, that's where I'd be spending my side hustle time. I wouldn't be out there trying to make a couple of bucks 
trying to figure out how to you know pad my my weekly income i'd be saying you know this is an next assignment i'm going to do better i'm going to educate myself i'm going to make sure i'm choosing a company that pays me a ton of money for the same assignment that 300 companies have i'm going to make sure they're paying me properly for hours 36 to 40 properly for my overtime i'm going to compare pay packages with multiple companies i'm going to get really really good at this travel game as i like to call it and to me that should be your side hustle. All the things I just mentioned, great, fine and dandy, but you realize right now especially, the income earning potential is so much higher on travel assignments that I don't know why you would spend time going out and you know doing a CPR course or proctoring people when you could be making literally you know, 30, 40% more income on every single assignment by being a better, more evolved traveler. So... I hope I said that right. That's the whole episode. I said, really, am I doing this episode right now? Because I really think what people should be doing is investing in themselves and becoming their side hustles should become being better at what you guys do. And I still believe that. I always will believe that. And maybe there will be a time when the rates aren't quite so lucrative and quite quite so insane that you do, you know, it does make more sense to go out and, and make some money elsewhere. But right now, that's in my personal opinion, that's not what I would be doing. I would be focusing on capitalizing on the current situation, the status quo that's happening right now in healthcare travel, and I would be taking full advantage of it. And that's just me because I, I'm kind of a, a, a I, I, what's the word I want to look for? Say? I don't want to say capitalist, but I'm kind of a, I can't even think of the word. I, I'm going I'm to take advantage of the situation that's presented to me at the time it's presented to me. There is a word for that. It's absolutely escaping me. Three or four of you just said it out loud to yourself, and I can't hear you, so there you go. Um, the industry currently, I want to mention this at the end of this episode, kind of where we are in this industry. This industry is right now, I mean, it's still wonderfully great right now. I said this a year ago. I said there's going to be something. What I didn't know a year ago, by the way, and I want to qualify this. I mean, I, I, I can guess pretty well at some things, but I did not guess that hospitals would force and mandate a vaccine. That's the one thing I, I didn't know. And when they did that, I made a prediction based upon that that episode, I said it's actually going to continue this process. When I made the prediction that that we were going to be in this high paying thing for a long time, I didn't know that was going to be what was going to be part of the catalyst to make it so that there was going to be a bunch of people that left the industry, and the, the supply would be greatly reduced, which is what I believe we're experiencing right now. We're experiencing less and less people in healthcare in general, and so the opportunity is great. And I don't know how long it takes people to you know become strong. PTAs to become, you know, st- strong, you know, speech therapists, become strong RNs. I mean, there's a you have to go to school for a lot of this. It takes some time. So we're going to we're going to be in this little vacuum, I think, for quite a while. So I think it's it's an amazingly strong time. The bill rates are still incredibly high as the release of this episode. <clears throat> excuse me. What I'm not seeing in most parts of the country is that the bill rates are dropping. Yeah, they are in certain areas. Florida's definitely dropping, and I think it has a lot to do with seasonality and and who knows there are certain parts of the country where the ridiculously high rates are gone. But what's replaced those are really, really strong, wonderful rates still. Take Florida, for example. Like I said to somebody today, there's no state taxes there. It is still in Florida, and there's still a whole bunch of areas that are coastal and some places that aren't coastal are still wonderful. It's a great place to go still. Is it making $4,000 a week? No, not that I'm seeing. And sometimes it's not even making three. It's right around there, but it's not making it. It's dropped a grand since at least the first of the year, for sure. 
and has been continued to stay that way. Now, what I'm not saying is it's not plummeting down where you're making $1,700 a week like it used to be three years ago. It's still close to or around $3,000, or I guess for some companies, maybe $2,500, $2,700 a week. It is a great place still to go to. So the rates are still incredibly high. The bill rates are still incredibly high. The uh, The supply and demand has absolutely changed the curve for sure. I think what we're experiencing right now, this episode will probably be released, I believe, in sometime in early to mid-March. I, know, I can't even tell when they're going to release it, but seasonality is coming into play right now. We're seeing that, again, like we used to do every year, where the, the southern, warmer states with the high census are trying to figure out how long it's going to be until the weather changes and they're not going to need a traveler down there as much. And the population will, in fact, spread out, which means the travel nursing will also spread out. So it's kind of a unique time. I think a lot has to do with that right now. But it is still, I mean, we're still seeing rates that are double what they were, bill rates, I should say, double what they were in 2019. That's a fact across the board. And many, um, and we're still booking, and I think other people, I'm sure other companies are too, at ridiculous, $195 bill rates, $195 bill rates last week. That's a really high bill rate, which means it should be a really, really high pay rate, which is the last thing I want to kind of talk about. And that is that Agency greed has seems to be getting completely out of control. It's going to be really interesting to see, and I'm going to make this other prediction. There are people, agencies that got into this business when the pandemic hit and COVID hit, took off. There are also a lot of agencies that changed their business. I know for sure because you guys send me contracts every day for bill rates that I can see because I have the contract too the amount of padding that the agency's margins have gone to, I really believe that it's close to 30% right now, up from 26%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, that's hundreds of dollars a week out of every traveler's pocket. That's kind of what I'm seeing. I can't give you a, a definitive number, but it looks to me like most of the, the agreements that you guys are sharing with me are somewhere over 29% margins on, on, the, on the top end margin for a company. That's big. That's up, you know, like I said, almost 4% over what it was a couple of years ago. And I always felt agencies were making a ton of money. The average agency used to make around 26. I really believe in my heart of hearts it's really close to 30 at this point. And some of the big, big companies have increased that higher. So agency greed's gotten kind of ridiculous. I think the reason for that is that a lot of you travelers have become blinded, so to speak, uh, on the numbers. You're so giddy with how much money you're making that you kind of forgot to think about how much money is the pie worth and how much is that therefore the agency making and a lot more of you have done the thing that drives me the, the most nuts in this industry and says i don't care what the agency making as long as i'm making my four thousand dollars really because you're working next to somebody that's making close to five thousand dollars and that doesn't bother you at all for some of you it doesn't some of you it's just like, i just care about what i'm making and that means you don't care about what the agency's making if you only care about what you're making it also should mean you don't care what somebody else is making you can't not care about what the agency's making if you also and then you get care if someone else is making more money than you that's working your same unit, your same shift. Does that make sense? I hope it does. You should care. Agency greed has gotten kind of crazy. So what I wanted to say was, I said, there's a lot of people that are getting in this business or have gotten this business very recently. There's a lot of agencies that have changed their business model. It's going to be really, really difficult for them to hide those margins as the rates slowly or rapidly begin to kind of come down to earth. I don't know if they're going to come back to what they were. I don't think they are. I said 20% potentially higher, but they will come down. I believe that. I don't know when. Not, I, I'm just guessing here and spitballing. But as they 
start to reduce and things normalize a little bit more than what they are, some of these agencies are going to really struggle with the personnel they've hired, the kind of money they're used to making, and, of course, the money that they're used to giving their shareholders themselves and spending based upon these really, really lucrative times for what would be both travelers and agencies. So it's going to be really fascinating to me to see how what happens, I guess, in the next two years as far as the number of agencies that are here now that won't be here tomorrow and uh, just the, the shifts and the changes that many of them are going to have to make in order to, you know, to keep up with the, the, the competition and the pay rates that are going to be out there. So it's going to be kind of fun to watch, I think. Like I said, I'm having more fun right now than I've ever had in 22 years in this industry. This is, this is I mean, it really is. This is a fun time. It's fun. It's been very rewarding. A lot of really good feel-good stories out there with people that are wanting to travel that don't have a huge amount of experience, maybe people that got out of traveling for a while or switched specialties. Um, There's just such really, there's a lot to be thankful for out there right now, and I think a lot of you guys are very thankful. So enjoy Enjoy this time. Enjoy this paycheck you're going to get this week, the one you got last week. Put some money aside. Put some money aside. Don't spend it all. And enjoy you know, the, the time that we have right now, because it's really, it's the best I've seen in 22 years. It's the best I've seen for you guys, and I hope it I hope it stays. And I hope you don't have to go back to getting a side hustle going in order to make sure that you can justify your life on the road. That's the whole point, is that you shouldn't have to. So, side hustles. Like I said, kind of a weird episode, because I just don't know if you should be doing them right now, but some this this episode stands the test of time, and two, three, four years on the road, there could be some value for it, so... There, I accomplished the side hustle episode 44, which I said, do we really want to do it? And we did it. So, guys, as always, I appreciate you tuning in, and I will catch you next time on Travel Evolved.